Probably science. I'm Matt Kirshen. There's Andy Wood. Hello. How's it going? Good. I was just taking a sip of my Golden Road Sunset Coffee Milk Stout. Not a sponsor, but uh, it's, a, a, it's a good beer. But, but they are a sponsor of your swimming team. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You got an indirect, indirect plug. It was. It's been the Fourth of July. We're back. Well, there wasn't actually a break for any of our listeners. We pretty much ran straight through. But, yeah. Yeah. Oh, happy Prime Day, but everyone. We arrested. If I get this up in time. So hang on, is How this, was your prime is day? it, is it just, did they pick it arbitrarily or? I, I have, I have no idea. I assume it's I just mean, it is the 11th. Six months. Oh, you think of, it has to do with prime numbers? Like well, I don't know. It's, it's the 7-11, which are both primes, so. But they could have had it on But then there are many March other. 13th. There are many, many yeah, other days. Hey, we got a guest. Yes. Uh, keen listeners to the show will have noticed that <laughs> through a mixture of convenience laziness and also because they're generally all awesome funny people i've been gradually working my way through the jim jeffries writer's room for guests on the show <laughs> and like a like a beat-em-up game like a like, like an a arcade player we've slowly worked our way to the Did top you say like a beetle nut game i said beat em up beat em up game like Your double be- dragons yeah right oh, okay, okay. We've worked river a- city rampages i want to know what a beetle nut game is but uh, well that's okay. it uh but we've worked our way up to the the boss the head <laughs> writer yeah hello it's jason reesh hello Thank you for having me. Thanks for doing it. I think you might have to feed some quarters in to get through this one, though, right? Yeah, I mean, Jason's, Jason's on Jim Jeffries now. It comes by way of The Daily Show and Samantha B and loads of other things. That's a long energy bar. We've got a... Oh, yeah. Well, I've been cracking open a lot of crates and eating the chicken <laughs> chicken drumsticks therein, so... <laughs> it's just... I think, yeah, kids of our generation have, like, got a... I, I think we got a slightly disproportionate view of how, how energy-giving apples are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and chicken or, jumpsters. How, like and white boxes. Fight, yeah, yeah, anything you see in an alley can be destroyed and there's food inside. <laughs> <laughs> yes, garbage cans and, and um, fire hydrants. And Always are kicking. Are full of first aid kits. Full of chicken, <laughs> yeah, drumsticks and first aid kits. Yeah. Apples, big one, yeah, for sure. Yeah, sometimes like pills or little <laughs> syringes. I always like those. Yeah, if you see a syringe, in a it. syringe in this garbage can in the alley, <laughs> that will almost my help. My, I'm back to green. Will help. Almost certainly make you healthier. Yeah. There's <laughs> an Easter bunny of, of of medicine who just goes around and puts out just just predicts what Hiding disease you them. might have yeah, and right. puts the antidote in a syringe. <laughs> um, hey, Jason. Uh, yes, Matt. We we like to ask our guests this before we get into the stories. What, if anything, is your background in science? Uh, very little. I have almost no background in science. Perfect. Uh, I am married to a science communicator. That's so true. So most of my scientific information comes via her. She uh, specializes in climate science, right? Yes. She works at UCLA. She works uh, for a climate scientist there um, whose research focuses on specifically Southern California and uh, climate change. And it's not good. It's bad. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be really bad. Uh, we just spent a weekend in Palm Springs, and I experienced the most intense heat. <laughs> I was in Vegas, hand. actually, this last weekend. What did it so, get yeah. up to for you? Uh, I know on the drive, when we passed the world's largest thermometer in, in Baker, Baker, it was 118. Yeah, it hit 118 in Palm so, Springs. It was probably about that the rest of the weekend. It was that's, ridiculous. That's pretty nuts. Yeah, yeah, I think it peaked at um, 122, which is the... I don't know. It's it's oh, definitely... We, in, in Yeah, uh, which Indio? is 50 Celsius, which might 
yeah, I think might be the hottest I've ever experienced. It's yeah. certainly up there. Yeah. We were in a swimming pool, and if you put a beer bottle down for a second, just the neck of the bottle was hot to the touch. <laughs> like, oh, wow. We were in the shade. Yeah, and in the pool it felt good for the most part, but then yeah. when the wind blew, it was like someone had a hairdryer just in your face. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's just the heat that <laughs> oppressive. And yeah, and in Vegas, like going between the frigidly air-conditioned hotels. Oh, yeah. right. Yeah. And then stepping out onto the walkway for two minutes Cause no stepping back in, it's Because no building is better climate control than a Vegas casino. Yeah, yeah. That's, like, ideally climate control, but then the second you hit outside, it is like someone it's is disgusting. just yeah. throwing a bag of heat at you. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, what were you, were you uh, doing, a show there? Or just we, uh, we went uh, f- to see a concert. We saw Blondie and Garbage, oh. which was I very missed exciting. them. I didn't realize they were in they were the Hollywood Bowl um, on a Sunday night, and I found out too late when friends of mine were sent posting pictures from yeah, we, uh My wife saw the show was coming, and this was before they booked the L.A. shows, before they had set them, so we bought the Vegas tickets. Right. She's not really a Vegas person. I love Las Vegas. You're a gambler, right? I, yes. Uh, I am a degenerate gambler. <laughs> Game of choice. Uh, I play a lot of poker and craps mostly. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, we bought the tickets and then they added the LA shows and we were like, well, I guess guess we're going to Vegas to nice. see this. So was it good? Yeah, it was great. It was fun. Yeah, I wish I seen that show. Is it? Are both bands? Um, everyone is still getting along and alive, and it's the original lineup. It or? seems so. I think both. They ha- there were a couple of, of additional musicians. Debbie Harry yeah. is 72 years old. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yes, that She's is. She's still doing it. It's great. Um, yeah, I think, but I think they had the original personnel from both bands. Cool. Awesome. And can I ask, uh, as a craps fan myself, but not a yes. really diehard one, what's your strategy of choice? Oh, you, you know, generally like pass bet and one or two combats and then like double or triple odds behind the line. Okay, okay. So you don't do the combat every single roll until you have the entire thing filled? No, I, I mean, because I'm like, I'm just chicken out. Like, yeah, I whip out scary. once I have, yeah, too much money. Oh, is this some strat? I don't know enough about how craps works, but this is one is this one of these strategies where you keep doubling, but you need... Mm, no, yeah. you, no, because there's only a finite number of times you can do it. Uh, it's not doubling. It's more like the best odds in Vegas, if you're not counting cards, are the... The money behind the pass line bet, which is which pays out in accordance with the actual true odds of of you right. hitting that point before. Yeah. So the more you can do of that, this is where most better. people's eyes glaze over when Basically, you start talking about but, gambling. But if you have if you have two hundred dollars to play with and you can find a five dollar craps table, I would recommend and and finding a table that lets you put the most odds as possible behind those bets. Just do a pass line bet. Back that up with the maximum odds, and then every roll thereafter, do a come bet and max max that out. Yeah, and you know you'll get these runs where you'll have big swings. You'll be up a hundred and down a hundred in in a few rolls, and then of course when you have all these come bets out, and then they finally crap out with a seven, like all of it goes away. But you at least have that one hedge where that one last come bet you placed pays <laughs> right. Money. So you get your five dollars yeah. back, well, it's something, <laughs> while it's the rest of your the other hundred and ninety five dollars. No, but the hundred and ninety five can be like racking. But just don't make any of like yeah, dumb it's, hard it's eight very bets. swingy. Like, yeah, yeah. But you can't like all the little like side bets that make it look complicated are just like sucker bets that pay yeah. pay shit. Those are the drunk the drunk bets. Yeah, yeah. yeah your heart eights and uh, whatever. see, I never do any of this. I'm not a gambler. Your, hops, your horns, yeah, it's your world bets, yeah. It's pass line and come bets. All you gotta do. I uh, I just. I don't know. I, I'm not a gambler, so I just go to Vegas. I drink. 
I offer a man a million dollars for his wife for the night, mm-hmm. and right. then I leave. Yeah. <laughs> I just do the normal... <laughs> Wait, you just offer him a million dollars, and then you leave? Yeah, That's weird. I think you're missing a step. I, I, I'm a don't bit wait worried. for the response. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't have a million yeah. dollars. Like, but just... Here's my email. <laughs> Let me know. <laughs> here's where you can find me. Holy shit. He would have gone for... <laughs> have you guys seen that movie? I've never seen it. I've never seen the... F- I've seen bits of it. I, I don't remember... Yeah, I don't remember much about it. I didn't see it, but like, was there something special about her that made the price so high? I don't know. She was hot, I guess. Wasn't I, that the whole thing? The only like, I know about that movie is rolling around in the bed right. with the dollar bills. And I think it was a million dollars, right? Yeah, I think that was it, yeah. I feel like 100000 would have been plenty for a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, to be more, I guess, yeah. appeal is always... I haven't had that conversation <laughs> with my wife. What, what, What's your price, honey? <laughs> and does it depend on the appearance of the, of the mogul? Right. Robert Redford, I mean... And before he was, like, this super wind-battered Redford that he is now. He was, he like, was in peak... Between, I don't know if he's peak... Well, yeah, young. he wasn't was young Redford, like, but he was still Cassie. Robert Redford, yeah. yeah. And it was Woody Harrelson and, and Demi Moore? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, I, I, I want to look up what, what it was that made her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. I, mean, I don't know. Because you, you can, re- I mean, yeah. If you're going to pay for Vegas? sex in Vegas, it's pretty easy to do. It was in really Vegas? The to. movie was in Vegas? Oh, I don't know. I yeah, think it was. it was definitely Vegas. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that city seems to offer a lot of yeah, cheap op- opportunities to, to spend money on sexual yeah, I've, I've definitely been in Vegas before and thought I was doing very well chatting up a girl at the bar and then realized, oh, hang oh, on. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. 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 Hang on. It's not, I'm not nearly as charming as I thought yeah. I was. Yeah. <laughs> I just, there's a potential transaction here. That's what's going on. I, I thought <laughs> I was, I thought I was making out like a bandit. Yeah. Um, so you, your, your wife's science communicator, you went she all is. art subjects at... I, what's like, that? You went sort of all art subjects at college. Yeah, pretty much. Um, it was, yeah, just kind of a general. I was in, with, I mean, I it, I feel always, I don't know why I should be embarrassed to say it, but it was the communications department at my school, which was like a new thing at the time. And that basically just meant like, we don't know what this is. And you can just kind of pick and choose. Well, that's right. You classes. and Andy were at university at the same time, I think, together. Oh, the no, same school? I went to Cornell. So did I. Oh, how about that? Whoa, nice. Yeah. Um, I'm so it was in the it was the those. ag school. Yeah, that's why I was in that department because it was like, oh well, it's it's in state. It yeah, technically was. So I was like, all right, I'll oh, be, you're from, I'll be you're in the, from New York. Yeah, also? I grew up in New York. Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, I guess I'll go to the agricultural school okay. and do a lot of sketch comedy. Like it did. Yeah. Did, it was, did you know? Um, one of the guys from Elephant Larry was around my year. Yeah, I knew all group. those guys. I forgot his name. I think he was even an engineer, but I don't know if he was in my major. Let's see. There was there's Alex, Stefan, Jeff. There were two Jeffs, and there was a Chris. Alex sounds familiar. Slightly curly hair. Yeah. I don't think he was an engineer. I think he okay. was in one of the arts, like the English program or something. But anyway, yeah, I knew all those guys. Okay. Uh, here, here we go. So you were According to Wikipedia. When... Oh. Jeff Haggerty, Stefan Lawrence, Chris... Uh, Principe, uh, Jeff Solomon, and Alexander Sol- Alexander Solben. Mm, that last one sounds familiar. Um, and are they still, according to this thing you're looking up, are they still an active sketch group? Ah. Stefan is. He lives here now. I know that okay. he's in L.A. I think yeah. the rest of the guys might be in New York. I'm not sure. Ah, they were, they, they, they were, were all funny. 
former members of Cornell's sketch comedy group. Don't the, say, don't wait, say wait, wait, it. Wait, don't, <laughs> listen, nobody, should, once you graduate, no one don't should have to be responsible it. for the name People of their People can look it up if they want to know. Yeah. Their sketch group, their acapella group. Uh, yeah, their improv troupe. Yes, yeah. it's, the uh, ska band they were in. Oh my God. <laughs> Well, yeah, acapella you, was in. Uh, Cayuga's Waiters. Cayuga's Waiters. Yeah, groups. there were fifteen Ugh. or twenty groups. So Easy. Many, That's not an exaggeration. College, why does college love acapella so much? I don't know. What is it about being in college that makes you suddenly? I and then don't as soon as you graduate, know. you have no interest in this yeah. as an art form at all. Yeah. Like, but for those. But it was years. like those concerts would sell out. Oh, those like guys the were big are, like Barton Hall. That yeah, like, big we had arena. a shitty. Yeah. Our, our sports teams were shitty. So, yeah. like, they were <laughs> right. The jocks of uh, the, yeah, the, the acapella. Were they like there. pushing around other people who can't harmonize? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just slamming them into lockers. Yeah, but that was like the hierarchy. It was like, oh, the, well, the sketch group. We were not. We were very low on the social hierarchy. It was like the acapella <laughs> groups were. were That's acapella, such an American... then athletes. Then yeah. sketch comedy. <laughs> the, the swim team was. I was in the swim team, and it was not. And people were like, oh, swimming. That must must have must have been like a. Yeah, it was just like bottom of the. Social yeah. totem pole. Yeah. No, no respect likes. for that. Yeah. No one cares about swimming. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, uh, yeah, acapella is very much an American college thing. Oh, yeah. yeah it's not what? big that's, in, uh, that in the definitely UK. hasn't. It might be. I wonder if the existence of Glee made a difference. Oh, this is as a TV way show. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, I mean, like <clears throat> now to acapella in the UK, whether the program oh, oh, Glee oh. created some vague interest in acapella. Yeah. But there, I mean, yeah, the, the, um, the whole college culture of it, that, and so that's where like the Pitch Perfect movies were based on, yeah. like a book somebody wrote about all like college acapella, and yeah, it was it's Is really it, a whole thing. Did it just start out of necessity because you don't have like the means and space to have a band with instruments in that college? That can't be the case. No. Like, <laughs> no, I mean, I don't well, think you're that's usually true. sharing a dorm room or something. I don't know. It's but it's like, like an Ivy League university. They like, definitely have the ability to own a piano. Well, or I mean, a, how many rock piano rock bands, are you? or a guitar, yeah, right. or whatever? But, like that's where definitely. Where would you keep a drum kit? Yeah, I don't know. Campus. I don't know. I mean, uh, I just I don't, I've always felt like a very preppy, yeah, like that so... college preppy Ivy League sort of thing. And then I, I mean, I don't know what the when it first really took off. Yeah, but. I mean, I'm sure it was before our time. It wasn't like unique to the '90s, but um, so was Hot Truck still there? Hot Truck, Hot truck. yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going uh, to spend too long on this. Like, this is the uh, second the all on the Cornell. Do you want to sing the alma mater with me right now? <laughs> far above Cayuga's waters, and it's like the same melody as a bunch of other things, right? Yeah, it's they stole like, like some traditional mem- melody, and yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, okay. Anyway, um, yes, enough of that. So go big red <laughs> to all you Cornellians out there. Hey, you know what might be a useful piece of scientific development What's that? for <laughs> students depending on what their oh, other good hobbies segue. and classes and uh-huh. uh, go on activities that they get up to. <laughs> What's that? Um, no the idea. possible curing of HIV. Oh. <laughs> 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 Not something I had to worry about in a sketch group. <laughs> Was it hidden in Oh, uh, yeah, I heard yeah. sketch groups always use protection. Yeah, yeah. No, we were we always <laughs> wrapped it up. <laughs> Um, a a 44-year-old British man may have become the first person in the world to be cured of HIV. Tests showed the virus had become undetectable in the blood of the previous H- previously HIV-positive man after he was treated with a pioneering new therapy designed to eradicate the virus. Researchers have cautioned it's too early to tell if it's really worked, but said the man, a social worker, had made remarkable progress. He was the first of 50 people to complete a trial of the ambitious treatment 
which launches a two-stage kick-and-kill attack on the virus. I think we talked about this um, about a year or two ago when it was being proposed on the show, but it seems to have had some success. The new therapy is unique in that it tracks down and destroys HIV in every part of the body, um, including in the dormant cells that evade current treatments. This is one of the first serious attempts at a full cure for HIV, says Mark Samuels of the British National Institute for Health Research. This is a huge challenge, and it's still early days, but the progress has been remarkable. Uh, so the clinical trials paid by the NHS. Go, NHS. Please stay alive. Woo! Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. This, this man's going to survive, but the NHS, which cured him, <laughs> might be dying. Um, are the result of a collaboration between doctors and scientists at the universities of Oxford, Cambridge, Imperial College London, University College London, and King's College London. That's a lot of universities in the southeast of England teaming up together. The man who has not been named said he participated in the trial to help others with the disease. And HIV is mostly transmitted through sexual acts or by using infected needles. It weakens a person's immune system by destroying T-cells, which are crucial to fighting disease and infection. Around 36.7 million people are living with it worldwide. That's not. That's a lot fewer than I thought. I don't know well, why... It, say how many? 30... 36, 36 and a half million. Worldwide. Worldwide. So half a percent. I mean, that's a lot of people, but it is... <clears throat> Considering there's what we're getting close to seven billion people in the world, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, maybe that is a re- that's I don't know what I don't know how many I was expecting, but just knowing <laughs> right, yeah, knowing how prevalent it is across <clears throat> Africa, for example, right, right, there's a lot of yeah. People. I guess I wouldn't have known how to estimate that number if you had just asked me. Yeah, that would have been one of you know those questions that you get all, that you hear about in interviews, like yeah, like how much does a 747 way and yeah. stuff like that. How yeah. many people are How playing? How many piano tuners are there in Chicago? Stuff like that. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, have I think that's, I read a book. No, but I, re- I actually read a book about this um, that w- just sort of talked about like, you know, companies that use these questions and, and how you would go about coming up with a plausible answer or something that was going to impress your, right. your interviewer. But I wonder if anybody's done any analysis of how accurate those things are at determining future success as a worker. Yeah, I mean, it's more about, you know, your analytical skills and thought, and they want to know that you're systematic in the way that you go about it. There is, if you want to finish off this story, I'm going to have a little search, because I remember reading an article recently, and I think there was some study about how the show that interviews are remarkably useless at <laughs> I oh, believe sure. it yeah predicting sure. how good an interview subject will be yeah. and all, all these sort of questions I do mean see- we hired you man right so, exactly um, yeah. <laughs> exactly you can't get rid of me <laughs> I think uh, I talked about being part of the interviewer side of, of things at one of my engineering jobs and ha- resorting to just some of those brain teasers just because I like brain teasers yeah yeah I mean that's why I read <laughs> it because I like really? puzzles and stuff and I was like yeah. oh this is interesting but I'm like why am I asking this person who's a better engineer than I am probably about like uh, two men are wearing different colored hats and one of them's a liar <laughs> <laughs> right like, this is unrelated yeah. to the job we unrelated do. <laughs> Um, yeah, I've, I've had some of those those ones like uh, how I think I talked about the story on the show about how how much power would be saved if everyone switched to dimmers tomorrow because it was a company that made dimmers. I'm like, I don't even want to work for your dimmer company. I don't want to figure this out. Yeah, you're stupid. Because I think the yeah. other- <laughs> that is the only good answer. <laughs> Shut up. Fuck off. Google it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, those I, those things are generally so they're meant to sort of see how you think, right? Or mm-hmm. um, yeah. rather than getting that, <laughs> that's the guy who genuinely is like, no, I'm. I'm, I want to invest in piano tuners, and I'm just worried that I've really... <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so I'm just trying to get as many people's input into this yeah, as possible. Yeah, my piano tuning startup. The one I heard Depends was, um, how many people do you think are playing tennis in the world right now? 
Hmm. Uh, uh, three hundred thousand. Yes. But if you just yeah, you nailed just it, say a number, <laughs> and then just that's it. It's about three hundred thousand. Yeah, and they got like, and they got like, well, how, how did you work that out? I went, oh, it's just one of the things I know. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but you would say like, oh, okay, well, so much of the world is in daylight, and yeah, so this is the where they might play, you know, and stuff like and that. And then you go this like, this is oh, where it's not winter, and and these countries tend to have fewer tennis courts because they're less affluent, and these right. places are. Yeah, that's what you want to do. But I would love to just go, I don't know, 20. <laughs> yep. 20 people playing tennis. Seems right. Oh, I, 20, 20, 20 tennis games or 20 people? I'm sorry. I thought you said number of games. It's, sorry, it's uh, 40. Right. Yeah, it's 40 people. Actually, no, some of them might tennis. be double double so like 50. Yeah. And a couple people just whacking against a wall, too. Does that count? Yeah, 60. Oh, go, bro. We might, you know what? It might be as many as 100. It might be. It might be triple digits, yeah. yeah. Triple digits tennis going on right now. Um, uh, yeah, I was looking at this. I think you pretty much did uh, wrap up the HIV story. Yeah, we didn't talk about the the guy who was cured of HIV, who I'm very happy for, by the way. Yeah. I was a little... I didn't want to make jokes about that guy because <laughs> I'm glad he's doing okay. Well, it is. Or, it already has now got to the point with HIV where, it, it in, mo- in many people's cases, they can, even without fully curing it, they mm-hmm. can reduce someone's viral load to the point that it's almost impossible for them to pass it on to someone else. It's on... Un- it's nigh on undetectable, and they can't pass it. So between, oh, really? Even to that? Yeah, so it doesn't to that it doesn't to that degree. Well. They're pretty much non-contagious, and also then there are if their partner's also on prep, which is the pre-exposure prophylaxis. Right. Uh, Truvada, I think, is the name of the drug. Um, yeah, those two can, like they have pretty damn effectively contained what was a fatal disease in my lifetime. That's, yeah, sure. I mean, I know that it. You know, people who have HIV can have full healthy yeah productive like, lives i didn't realize how to what degree they could it's, really it's remarkable keep it it, under control and in some cases also their lifespan is at least what their lifespan would have been pre-diagnosis because people with hiv tend to have far more regular checkups with doctors right so they might be increasing the lifespan by suddenly having more medical like, intervention like genuinely yeah because people who people who were undiagnosed with you know two two identical people one undiagnosed with hiv Oh, it doesn't have HIV. Yeah. Uh, we're just, you know, like we all do, pre- like avoid going to the doctor about things that we maybe should go to the doctor about, <laughs> right. like little worrying rashes or whatever. Or right. Just letting things slide, maybe being not as careful with your food intake and your general health. But if you do have HIV, then you have to go to regular checkups anyway. So you're, you're frequently checking in with a medical professional. Right, right. Are you recommending to our listeners? Let me get this straight. It sounds like you're saying if you want to live longer. Well, funny you should mention that, Andy, because we have a new sponsor this week. <laughs> ah. We are sponsored by AIDS. We actually wow. Full blown AIDS. That's just the name of the company. It's just the HIV virus. They've got the, a new publicist. They're turning things around. Yeah. It's, it's a it's a tech company. It's F L L B L O B L W N. Oh right. Is that on? That's A- the New York Stock yeah. Exchange How do you uh, ticker symbol. How do you from AIDS without it being just DS? <laughs> well, scientists have been working on this for a while now, and it turns out. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, according to this uh, this article in the New York Times, um, um, in 1979, for example, the Texas legislature re- required the University of Texas Medical School in Houston to increase its incoming class size by 50 students late in the season. The additional fifth. This is about interviews and the val- right, right, right. value of them. Okay. The, yeah, I'm not sure where you are going. Some of the AIDS thing. It's, we need it's promising, and the, the treatment will suppress infection and kill the reservoir of dormant cells. And uh, the medical tests of this potentially breakthrough therapy will continue for the next five years. That's great. Um, I hope it continues to be successful. Yeah. So, so they the, 
they had to at the last minute, uh, late in the season, add fifty students to Texas Medical School. They had reached the interview phase of the application process, but initially, following their interviews, were rejected. A team of researchers later found these students did just as well as the other classmates in terms of attrition, academic performance, clinical performance, which involves rapport with the patients and supervisors, and honors earned. The judgment of the interviewers, in other words, added nothing of relevance to the admissions process. And then research that this article's writer uh, has conducted showed that the problem interviews is worse than irrelevance. They can be harmful, undercutting the impact of other more valuable information about interviewees. they say, in one experiment, this is uh, Jason Dana is the author of this article in the New York Times. Um, we had students, student subjects interview other students and then predict their grade point averages for the following semester. The prediction was to be based on the interview, the student's course schedule, and his or her past grade point average. We explained that past GPA was historically the best predictor of future grades at the school. In addition to predicting the GPA of the interviewee, our subjects also predicted the performance of a student they did not meet based only on the student's core schedule and past GPA. Uh, keen listeners will have noticed that I've pronounced schedule slash schedule both ways in the mm. past paragraph. The core schedule as in the the course load they're going to take on... I think in, so, yes. upcoming year? Okay. So, in the end, the subject's GPA predictions were significantly more accurate for the students they did not meet. The interviews are being counterproductive. Uh... And it gets, it gets worse. Unbeknown to our subjects, we had instructed some of the interviewees to respond randomly to their questions. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> Through me- though many of our interviewers were allowed to ask any questions they want- wanted, uh, some of the interviewers were told to only ask yes, no, th- or this or that questions. In half of those interviews, the interviewees were instructed to answer honestly. But in the other half, the interviewees were instructed to answer randomly. Specifically, they were told to note the first letter of each of the last two words of any questions and to see which category, A to M or N to Z, each letter fell into. (laughs) If both letters were in the same category, they answered yes or took the this option. If they were in different categories, interview the interview answered no or took the that option. So, yeah, that's, that's a good I would way not of be a good that... subject in this study because yeah. I would be too busy listening to like, wait, what did he just ask me? Yeah, yeah like, why is he a, counting B, on his yeah. <laughs> Why is he singing the alphabet the song before again? he gets into every question? Jesus, yeah, yeah that's... Um... Um, and that would be a bad interview. Yeah, so strikingly... I would not hire that person who was distracted <laughs> and thinking about what letters of the alphabet... Well, here's the thing. The questions began with. Not one interviewer reported noticing that they were conducting a random interview. <laughs> More strikingly still, the students who conducted random interviews rated the degree to which they got to know the interviewee slightly higher on average than those who conducted honest interviews. Wait, I, did the interviewers know that some people were being instructed? No, they knew none of this. Okay. So they, they, they just thought they were doing a genuine interview. Right. So they, they knew that... They would have known, obviously, just by the questions they were asking, that some of them were just doing a straight-up interview, and some were like, every question has to be yes or no, or this or that. And are they are right. they are they qualitative or quantitative? Are, are they questions that have absolute right and wrong answers, or are they things? No, I, I, it doesn't say here, but I, it seems from the context that they were all open-ended. Yeah, I'm just trying to imagine like a, a yes or no question where like one of the answers would be shocking if it's something that's just sort of personality based would you but describe anyway. yourself as a hard worker no, no. yeah right I, I, <laughs> yeah. Allowed to then do you really want to attend this school yeah mm. I, I, what? I, I presume the it. questions must have been pre-written by the experimenters right so they just wrote they wrote this 
they wrote these questions out that the interview that the right pretend the experimental interviewer had to ask the experimental interviewee although if that were the case then the people conducting the experiment above the interview level if they were writing all the questions they would also know what the what the in what do they call the not the random like the 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 liars they would know what they would be answering because they would have written the questions and would know which ones are like well, a through ho- m n through z well hopefully so it would make more sense if the interviewers wrote questions independent of the experiment. oh i see I, I, well yeah and also i don't i mean so much of it is mean. is the per, like the personality and the demeanor of the person yeah. who's sitting there right it's sometimes like those interviews often are not even about the answers right well, you know it, it's there are so many sort of just social factors and, uh-huh. and intangibles. Be, but it, but it seems sense. like it seems from this that like that that's what they controlled for, and they just went. Um, so they thought that the, the people, um, yeah. So the the students who conducted random interviews rated the degree to which they got to know the the interviewee uh-huh. higher than those who conducted the honest interviews, probably because they were giving much quicker and more definite answers. They were like, yeah. Oh. I, and also just maybe weirder answers because maybe the answers were random. Oh, that's okay, interesting. A maverick. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> wow. But the conclusion that the authors of the study came up with was that uh, people have no trouble turning any information into a coherent narrative. This is true when, as in the case of my friend, the information, i.e., her tardiness, is incorrect. And this is true, as in our experiments, where the information is random. People can't. Uh, I think the tardiness is, is related to something at the beginning that I oh. skipped over. Um, there was a final twist in the people can't help see signals even in noise and then there was a final twist in the experiment we explained what we had done and what our findings were to another group of student subjects then we asked them to rank the information they would like to have when making a GPA prediction honest interviews, random interviews or no interviews at all they most often ranked no interview last. In other words, a majority felt they would rather base their predictions on an interview they knew to be random than to have to base their <laughs> predictions. That doesn't make any sense. Of background all. information alone. I guess probably because they're then going, well, even if I know the answers are random, I'm still getting to feel the character of the person <laughs> yes, who's talking. So, right. But that makes sense for some things like jobs because, yeah, you, it, it's logical to try to get a feel for what this person is like as a person if you're going to be working directly with them. You can get a sense for you'll get along with them, which is a yeah. big part of a job. But and I mean, also, you know, well, and, but you know, even those. if it's college or a job, you would expect that many of the applicants on paper are going to be similar, right? You know, like when we are hiring for the show, it's people have very similar experiences and they have similar stand-up careers or you know whatever yeah. it is. So it, you have to meet them. I don't know if people were giving random answers when they came in. But. Yeah, I, I, I've never. I've not been on the other side of this for writing for like hiring writers for a show, but yeah, I think part, I'm sure part of it is, yeah, I'm sure part of it is like, well, we're going to be spending a lot of hours in a room together. Yeah. Which isn't the case for this college scenario. Yeah. It's just, will you be successful? I'm not going to be around, but you're going to be heading off into this thing. Um, so what, one of, one of the suggestions, so it says, um, uh, so great is people's confidence in their ability to glean valuable information from a face to face conversation that they feel they can do so even if they know they are not being dealt with squarely but they are wrong so what can be done one option is to structure interviews so that all candidates receive the same questions a procedure that has been shown to make interviews more reliable and modestly more predictive of job success alternatively you can use interviews to test job related skills rather than idly chatting or asking personal questions it also well it also seems like in a in the experiment all the questions should have been the same in all the interviews right 
Yeah, well, I guess in the se- in the second part of it, they were all the same. Just the they were everyone got the same questions, the same list. Just of the half of them were answering it honestly, right, and half yeah. of them were answering it according to this random pattern. <laughs> um, and nothing was related to those kinds of uh, lateral thinking or whatever we're calling all those things, like about number of tennis courts in the world. Yeah, I don't think so. So yeah, that that anyway, interviews may or may may be useless. That's the takeaway from that. Or at least maybe substantially less useful than people think. The the result of the um, Texas Medical School, I think, is the most remarkable. Where there was, it just showed how arbitrary it was. Right. Like, right. Right. There was no difference in the results of the students who'd failed the interview than the students who'd passed the interview yeah. and were subsequently admitted. Um. Uh, where, where do you where do you want to go? Because there's well, I, I, we talked either last week or two weeks ago about this article saying that older fathers have geeky sons, and we oh, asked, listeners, <laughs> yeah. "This is relevant to me." That? No, but this is relevant to me. All of a sudden, um, so we got a bunch of people writing in. As we asked people to, we asked people if they are older parents or if they had older parents. We're just curious. Obviously, this is going to be a small sample size. We, we have about four data points yeah. thanks to the emails <laughs> right. that came right. in. Right. Yeah. So, and, I'm sorry, as older fathers have geeky sons, and was there? Was that just basically the that, rep, that was what the, the article showed? Okay. And I think it controlled for things like even if the father wasn't around much. I think it controlled for a fair number of things, but also like the definition of geekiness is sort of slippery. Um, yeah, I, I still... Again, some there a few people wrote in to suggest that it, it was supported. A few other people were But that's less. just because people are like saying, oh, I'm such a nerd. Right, such there a is that. There is that. Yeah. So one listener... That has that... Yeah, there's a... I don't know. Do people like saying that? I'm such a nerd for Star Wars <laughs> or, well, or some other wildly successful yeah. thing. To do a tangent that uh, we will get back to this, but very quickly. So someone tweeted at us and copied other friends of theirs and were like, hey, what non-sex slash lifestyle podcast do you guys like? I like probably science. I'm like, wait, what? And I was like, do we have a big overlap with like the swinger community? Yeah, right. Podcast? And a bunch of people replied to that tweet. And I was like, OK, now I want to go listen to one of these swinger podcasts. That must be what they're all listening to by default, to the point you'd have to ask your friends, hey, besides all these swinger podcasts. Wait, specifically swinger podcasts, though? Not when just like lifestyle, sexual I mean, QA and. No. Oh, the they, lifestyle. Right, which yeah. I, I have a problem with. How can that community get to own the word lifestyle? Right. Are you in the lifestyle? You mean in my. But when you defense? said that, I just thought you meant like general. No, that's what I thought too. Then I looked at the responses know, and they meant lifestyle as oh, in the way they've co opted the that word lifestyle, to mean right. yeah, the lifestyle is sweet. Mm. But I listened to one of those podcasts and I was like, oh, these people are actually sex dorks. Like there are actual like nerds for sex. Sex nerds? Yeah, totally. Like they were talking about things that are. Yes, technically sexy, but like it's the dorkiest thing imaginable <laughs> when you hear someone who's like dorky for sex. Anyway, okay, so Geeky Sons, um, Ted Eckert wrote in and he said he can be one data point supporting the research we cited in Older Fathers Having Geeky Sons. Um, and he said in his case, there's likely a genetic basis as well related to genes that contribute towards being on the autism spectrum. He said he was 36 when his son was born, who's now 13, and he shows all signs of being a classic geek. He plays Magic the Gathering with his friends every chance he gets. He loves Monty Python and Hitchhiker's Guide. He's definitely socially awkward, and he isn't involved in any sports, either playing or watching. He reads five to eight books a month. That's pretty amazing. Uh, he's likely on track to get a six-figure job working for... Well, he's 13. Slow down, Doug. <laughs> uh, working for Amazon, Google, Facebook, Apple, or one of the other tech companies. None of those but will exist in five like, years' time. It'll <laughs> yeah. be just the conglomerate, the grand conglomerate right. that we'll yeah. all work for or be a part of. <laughs> 
So he said there's likely an environmental factor as strong as any genetic factor. Um, and he said, as we said, older fathers may just have reached a point where they have a different perspective on life. By the time he was a parent, his high school classmates who were into sports and other, quote, cool activities were idling in dead-end jobs. Oh, I see something. <laughs> oh, all right. A little bit so, of, okay. Someone's got a few scores yeah. to settle, mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> Uh, my classmates who were the geeks ended up with the good jobs. It's a lot of job-based mm-hmm. definition mm-hmm. of happiness. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, I'm, I'm done and with I this I hope subject. they're <laughs> listening to this podcast right now. I, I, I just, there's too much about it, that whole study that I find too, uh, like, I don't know, hand-wavy. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, by the way, while, while we, given that we do have uh, a lot of, uh, apparently, we, we have a keen swing of followers, following <laughs> people who are very responsible about their promiscuity, I'm mm-hmm. sure, uh, and we have just done an HIV story, there's also two gonorrhea stories. Oh. I don't want to make this all about sex, but there are um, one good, one bad, because I'll do this pretty quickly, but right now there's possible strains of super gonorrhea that are antibiotic resistant that are going around, and this could be the next scary... Uh, oh, superbugs is... I, yeah, that's going to kill us for sure. Yeah. Whether it's gonorrhea or something else. I'm, I am terrified of Well, in, in general, we've thought this has come up on the podcast quite a bit, just the misuse of antibiotics, largely mm-hmm. by both over-prescribing to humans and also just wild overuse in the agriculture yeah, animal industry. feed and things like that. Yeah, yeah. they just... Recreational use in the rave culture, like these kids. Right. Antibiotics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've, yeah, we yeah, do it, man. I never go out without loose. my amoxicillin. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. yeah a couple I, got, of, I brought a couple yeah. Z-packs and <laughs> just sneak them yeah. through security, but... You got some, you got some sillies? Yeah. Yeah. Sillies is what we call them. Oh, okay. Amox. <laughs> I guess that's the British thing. You call them Z-Packs. We're like, how many sillies you got, man? I got some aunties. How much you want? Yeah, then we'd, we'd, we'd lick unhygienic things and know that we're protected. That's what <laughs> oh, we do. We go so out of fun. We just lick whatever you want. We yeah. just cram mud in our faces. It was great. It was the best. Ah, oh, youth. Uh, but um, so, so there are problems of particularly gonorrhea becoming antibiotic resistant. But at the same time, some New Zealanders, some Kiwi scientists seem to have, for the first time, found a vaccine that's been shown to protect against gonorrhea. Super gonorrhea? Or just standard issue? Yeah, which is surprising because... um, So, I I don't know, I'm not sure. But um, 78 million people, roughly, pick up uh, gonorrhea every year, and it can cause infertility. But the body does not build up resistance, no matter how many times someone is infected. The vaccine originally developed to stop an outbreak of meningitis B, was given to about a million adolescents in New Zealand between 2004-2006. And researchers from the University of Auckland analyzed data from sexual health clinics and found gonorrhea cases had fallen 31% in those vaccinated. Hmm. So apparently the bacterium that causes meningitis is a very close relative of the species that causes gonorrhea. <laughs> I had no idea. It was viral it for was, some reason. Is there also viral meningitis? There, There is. I think of the three forms of meningitis, one is one is bacterial. Uh, there's A, B, and C. I can't remember which ones are uh, bacterial and which ones are viral. Oh. But uh, um, so apparently, yeah, the, the meningitis B jab was giving cross-protection against gonorrhea. Huh? Dr. Helen Petusis-Harris, one of the researchers, says this is the first time a vaccine has shown any protection against gonorrhea. At the moment, the mechanism behind this immune response is unknown, but the findings can inform future vaccine development. Protection seemed to last about two years. Um, Way to go, New Zealand. Yeah, right? You, uh, I, I presume you, you're expecting a child in... like uh, A few months, in November. So, 
Are you getting all the vaccine information through now and the? Uh, I mean, sort of. It's you know, it's a kind of, it's a sort of thing where I don't know how much there is to know. I just assume like, oh, okay, doctor is going to tell me what to do, yeah, and then we're going to do it. Yeah. Go, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, give the kid the shot. Yeah. Okay. We'll do that. What's going to make him less geeky? Yeah. Well, what does it say about daughters? Does it say anything about daughters? Oh, We're expecting a girl. Interesting. The article didn't mention anything about geekiness of daughters. I wonder why that is. But, yeah. Girls can't be geeks. No. Yeah. They Game, like... Gamergate taught us that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I'm trying to see where the meningitis B... Is that bacterial? I... Uh... I'm going to answer randomly. Yes. Sure. Yeah, did I get accepted to your middle <laughs> medical school? Uh, yeah, meningitis B is bacterial. I knew it. And uh, I'm going to see which one is viral. Um, so, uh, oh God, which one's which? I think I think A and C are both viral. I'm, uh, someone write in and correct me if, um, if I'm wrong about that. But, um... Yeah, let's get away from let's get away from <laughs> STD. Yeah. All right, done a lot of STD yeah. stories this this week. Um, also, I want to—I don't know when this will be uh, posted, but Matt wrote an excellent STD joke in this evening's Jim Jeffries oh, show. Oh, so. it does air tonight. It does say you tape it always. Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. So well, that's the eleventh. This so will probably the be... July eleventh show. This will. Oh, I remembered I it put, now. I I, that's that's right. I was very... an ex- a very funny. Thank you. STD joke. So I was very happy about that. Comedy Central at 10.30? No. What time? Yes. Yeah. 10.30. 10.30 in your relative. It's going out in about 15 minutes on the East Coast. So, oh, but shit. you can also get it on the app and on demand, and then it's in different countries at different times. But yeah, the uh, there's a Donald Trump <laughs> STD joke that, Excellent. that included getting the graphics department to make a poster that I was very happy about. Yeah, look good. Uh, anyway, <laughs> go back. Everyone, go back and check out the July 11th but, uh, episode. That is one of one of my favorite things. And we've discussed this in the office. Just what, like, one of the things that is the most fun about working in TV is you have a really stupid idea, and half an hour later, someone's made it. Yeah, like someone will make the graphic or the, or the prop. Yeah. Or in the case of today's show, hire a stuntman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's funny because it's like you were saying. It's sort of. You have the you end up getting the attitude that there's just a magic box that you can talk into, and it's like magic box. We need a stuntman, and then it just happens. Yeah. But you don't think about it. it's like oh, someone you have to someone you have to call someone, and they're gonna like roll their eyes and be like, what the, those assholes want? What now? Yeah, what actually happens is yeah. like Tommy or Andrew have to go through a lot <laughs> right. of and then, stress, yeah, and then the write a check that they don't want to write. The producers have to figure it out. So yeah, yeah, a lot well, of writers people... sit in their ivory tower, and then we're like gorging on. Uh, pirate booty that's true and then giggle hysterically when yeah. something when it gets sent back up to the room look yeah. what look what you made someone do yeah oh, that's awesome <laughs> it's so the stuntman was hired today the stunt, he was. well the stuntman was hired yesterday for today okay but we, still pretty we gave them to get yeah but or i think he's a guy who i chatted a bit to him in the rehearsal and he's He's done a lot of stuff for Tosh and for Kimmel. I think he's sort of... Oh, he's like the Comedy Central Comedy. guy, or he's like the comedy stuntman. Yeah, he's like the go-to short notice, we need to do a quick... We need someone to fall down the stairs. We need someone to... Yeah, in fall, this sketch, yeah. Or, or like run through a wall or something like that. Like if it's just... He's like a... He, he, he's based in Hollywood and can do cool things at short notice. Okay. That's not a bad gig. No, yeah, he's great. He, he, he did his job admirably today. He did. I will check it out. You guys should all do the same. 
Uh, I'm trying to think of a good transition away from sex stories. What about dolphins? Save, yeah. Saving what about dolphins? Dolphins are well. They're, little, they're they are the sexiest marine mammal. They are. But uh, this is not a dolphin Sleek. sex story. Uh-huh. Oh, well. It's instead about the fact that Mexico's government says it plans to use dolphins trained by the U.S. Navy to try to save the world's most endangered marine species, the vaquita porpoise. Which I think is a the vaquita, we talked about that. Before. Yeah, we have talked about the vaquita before. It's it's a type of porpoise. It's, the word vaquita is Spanish for little cow. That's what it looks like. It's sort of adorable. looks almost like a cartoon Aww. porpoise. Yeah, that's it's cute. Smile. It has 30 members left, potentially. In the world, Jesus, thirty. That's, that's it. Thirty. That's pretty damn individual a, uh, animals. Yes. Yeah, uh, Environment oh, no. Minister Rafael Pacciano said that the dolphins would be deployed to locate and herd vaquitas into a marine refuge. Mexico also permanently banned fishing nets, blamed for the vaquitas' decline. Yes, I just estimate that fewer than forty of the mammals are still alive in their habitat in the Gulf of California. Wow. Uh, they say the dolphin project would begin in September. They spent the last year working alongside the U.S. Navy with a group of dolphins they had trained to search for missing scuba divers, and they've been training them to locate the vaquitas instead. We have to guarantee we captured the largest number of vaquitas to have an opportunity to save them. The Mexican government also said on Friday it was imposing a permanent ban on gill nets used to catch totaba, which are highly valued in Chinese traditional medicine. The nets are designed to trap the heads of fish, but not their bodies, but are blamed for trapping and killing the porpoises as well. Hollywood actor Leonardo DiCaprio, thank God DiCaprio mm. has something to say about this, uh, who has campaigned to save the vaquitas, tweeted that the ban was great news, thanking President Enrique Peña Nieto and environmental group WWF. Why does, uh, what is, what is DiCaprio got? Like, what, what stake <laughs> does he have in these vaquitas? In the vaquitas? Yeah. I don't know. They're cute. They are cute. I'll give him that. Give you that, DiCaprio. I want to see if there's any videos of these vaquitas playing around the water. So how are these dolphins? They're herding them? They're trained to herd them. They're trained like to herd dogs? scuba divers already, and I guess now they're just going to retrain them to do the vacuum. I think so, yeah. So these, these dolphins were previously trained to search for missing scuba divers. Right. And now they're trained to locate vaquitas. These I, things do look like anime characters. They're pretty adorable. Yeah, they do look like... They, they look like a cartoon version of a dolphin or a porpoise. Right, right. Right. Yeah, with the big eyes. Yeah, and like slightly squashed out. And they they are they're very adorable. Um, so good, I want to know how dolphins. that training works. Yeah, yeah do you... I don't know. The article was quite sparse about that, <laughs> right? Because I would assume you would need the vaquitas, some of them maybe in captivity already, so you could train the dolphins to recognize them. Or am I? I mean, I don't yeah. know anything oh, about wait, an, marine wait. animal training. I'm, I'm just. I'm hoping they have scuba divers dressed up as these giant they have <laughs> swimming around accurate vaquita costumes and there's people oh no there's only 30 of me <laughs> um, I think that's how it goes yeah yeah that's their call Paul Steenbeck sent that story and by the way thanks Paul oh yeah and anybody who wants to send stories you can always tweet at probably science or email probably science at gmail.com um, and you can also visit probably science.com powered by Squarespace to see show notes and back episodes and you can also click on the donate button there if you want to help us out, which we always yeah, appreciate. Yeah, sure can. Quite a lot of people have donated since we last thanked everyone. Do you want to run down the list, Andy? Sure. We've got monthly donations from Peter Lipchi, Leanne Magier, Magier, uh, Patrick Chalkley, Brooks Gilmore, Matthew Arnold, Callum Gleason, Rosalie Simonich, Drew Chapman, Ben Marriott, Pandora Young, Stephen Edmonds, Keith Statenfield, Emma Welton, James Casson, Zvonimir Kroons, Kate Birch, Stuart Holding, 
Justin Broad, uh, as always, a very generous donation from Justin. Um, Justin McDowell said he donated back in May, and we forgot to thank you. So thank you now. For yeah, and that. and that and he said, I hope I'm not being a dick for doing that, but you said we should. I'm like, no, you're absolutely. Yeah, you, if we if if anyone donated and we didn't get give you a shout out because we missed your email coming through or it just got knocked off the list. Remind us, we want to make sure we thank everyone who donates. And also, I'm sure thank- that guy's a dick for other reasons. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Fuck you, Justin. And then also, Rachel Koronek, thank you very much. And, uh, uh, and Rachel, we've mentioned Rachel on the show before. Rachel's one half of the OK Cupid couple, a couple who met on OK Cupid because they both mentioned, pro- one, they mentioned probably science on the. Only one of them mentioned, one of them mentioned probably science yeah. and the other one referred to it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and Jordan, the other half of the couple is about to turn 30 so happy birthday jordan happy, young uh, love so happy birthday jordan carter congratulations Their you kids won't be dorky i mean they will because they <laughs> listen to this podcast but not because of age um and then uh jason zawacki as well thank you for your donation and then also wait, wait, wait. The, you didn't notice the message there Please more swim corner. Jay Zawacki was on the high school, uh, my high school swim team with me. So ah. thank you for listening and donating, Jay. Good to hear from you. Is that what that is? Yes. And also an email from Michael Smart, who who said thanks for the shout out because he was part of the research on worm spit for healing diabetic wounds that we mentioned on episode two fifty two, which was about uh, a few weeks ago. So apparently we specifically referenced his <laughs> his work and his that sounds amazing analogy. So that's cool. Yeah. Uh, Michael Smout. There we go. Dr. Dr. Michael, research officer at James Cook University in Cairns. Um, thank you, doctor. Thank you, doctor, for do it, for all you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have we had a, quite a few cool letters coming in. I want to read this one about fireworks because this is interesting. I had I'd never been in America on the Fourth of July, and this was the first year. First year, because I I'm normally. Oh. I'm nearly always back in the U- I'm always back in the UK for Glastonbury, but I couldn't go this year because of the Jim Jeffrey show. Because um, so I was in America this week, and Glastonbury is always the last weekend of June, mm-hmm. and I normally stay for like a week or so afterwards. So I've always missed the fourth. And I mean, holy shit, you guys! And you guys don't have a counterparty over there, like good, you don't have a good riddance party. <laughs> well, here's what we do. Here's what we do have is on the fifth of November we have. Guy Fawkes night right. and and that is always like a lot of fireworks go off but I'm sure it's it's not a patch on like I'd never seen maybe it's just the neighborhood I was in as well I was I was in uh, East Hollywood where it, uh, it was insane I've been in LA for a few years but I uh, I don't know I can't remember specifically being around for the fourth but we were driving back from LAX yeah. we had flown back to LA driving back on LAX on the 105 and it it was like a war zone. It was crazy. Yeah, the noise. It was just like was constant crackle. It felt year. like footage of a war. There like were the, embers falling on the freeway. The entire was thing was like smoky. Yeah, the streets were just smoky. I've never experienced that anywhere on the fourth. So it before. is more than it's been in the past. I think I'm pretty sure it's different from last year. Yeah, uh, it was. The weather yeah, might it was been, crazy. The air might have been more stagnant or something. Like I don't know if it was just a lack of a breeze or something. But yeah, it was, it, it, but it re- I mean, it seriously felt dangerous with people. The freeway was packed. And everyone is just distracted by what's going on because right, there's like right. things flashing all around you, and it really felt like they made, dangerous they, on the they freeway. Made, I, was like, I was, yeah, I mean, it was very yeah, because all it takes is one white, rocket white to knuckly, just yeah. go towards a car, and then that car to swerve into the path of yeah, a truck. or like so, uh, to, uh, something you know goes bang 
right by your window and you get startled and you jerk the wheel and you hit i mean it was yeah, yeah it was so not like, not safe <laughs> you don't like america being made great again uh that sounds like i, I you know i mean i do i think this i mean the make greatest. A, yes this was the greatest yeah, hashtag we've make had. america great again uh, yes it's happening so, um but i pre- would prefer to stay alive to okay. see it return to its greatness so <laughs> daniel uh I don't know whether it's pronounced Ellie or Eli wrote in and and said, um, I'm sure you guys have seen how much brighter, more colorful and more complex fireworks shows keep getting year after year. I've got to say, I've noticed more com- complex. I hadn't noticed the color differences, but Daniel says a bunch of different organizations and labs, even the U.S. Army Research Lab, are working on changes you might see in the next few years. Reducing smoke is one focus. Mm. Since the smoke from the beginning of a display will blot out a lot of the ending, making it harder to do pyrotechnics in stadiums and arenas, it also makes downtown LA look terrifying, uh, but it, it also makes it hard to film multiple takes and special effects shots without having to wait forever. Disneyland actually uses compressed air cannons to launch their nightly fireworks into the air, precisely to cut down on the amount of black powder smoke night after night. Oh, so it's mostly the propellant and not the not the firework that yeah, causes the smoke? Yeah, I, I, that makes sense, because the... Fir- cause the explosion is higher up in the air and more easily dis- dispersed by higher air currents but like the the explosions at ground level are the ones that'll sit around them. well and that's yeah. what i mean that's what these these were your you know your south of the border yeah you know rest stop on i-95 version of the fireworks they weren't yeah i don't think anything grade, in like yeah. echo park and east la yeah, i don't think any of those were using not, disney quality no 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 <laughs> Certainly not. We got we hired a few Imagineers yeah. for, our, for our yeah to do this in the front yard. <laughs> it is it's so weird. People want to spend their own money on a lesser version of a thing. The city is pay, there's multiple places you can go see, yeah. see professionals do this for free. I right. will say, however, also, it is a lot more fun. Generally, uninteresting fireworks. I have to say. <laughs> yeah, I the, mean, like I you know they're like nice to see, but. The, the the city ones or the illegal like ones? professionally done ones but, just in general. But I gotta They're say, like than... we used to, we've we've done both over the years when I was growing up in the UK. We'd sometimes go to like the town fireworks display, but quite often we do one in our back garden, and my dad would host it, and uh-huh. friends come round, and th- instead of bring a bottle, you bring fireworks. <laughs> And then we said, you guys have actual mm-hmm. mortar ones that go off in the air. We'd have some, but they came in later in my childhood, and for the most part, it was the ones that went up were rockets that would sit on a stick. You sort of put a stick, there's like a stake that goes into the ground and a rocket, not even a bottle rocket, like a rock, the the design of them was like the rocket is perched on top of the stick and there's a fuse that comes out the bottom. And there's like a guide, like a guideline or like a little guiding tube. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. So yeah, imagine like a small, a small rocket that looks like a much smaller version of a spaceship that has a fuse coming out the end and the propellant at the back and then, but then a little, a little stick up at the side of it. Okay. Yep. So then that would yeah. shoot up. And then also Catherine wheels, which apparently you didn't really have in America. Which, uh, but no. I think I, I can picture what You hammer them is. into a tree or a, into a stake, yeah, and yeah. you light you light the side, and they spin around. Sending that's, the that's a Catherine wheel? That's what we call Catherine oh. wheels. Well, I don't know what you I call mean, I, there's, a there's a band called the, the Catherine wheel. That's oh, yeah. yeah I, I saw I them play Cornell in my freshman oh, year. They were nice. opening for Belly, and opening for Catherine wheel was a young Jewel Kilcher. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, Kath- the Catherine wheel is also a torture device. So that might be what they were named. Oh, after. maybe uh, that's okay. that. And Jewel, before she was famous, if she was just like the opener for the opener, you were like, "Holy shit! Listen to this. She can yodel. Yeah. She can yodel. This is awesome." <laughs> right? She's got that. Uh, everyone throaty. walked away from that show being like, "Holy shit! That was awesome." That first. That's singer. cool. Yeah. Like, um, the, oh, so the the Catherine Wheel, the band, were from Great Yarmouth, which is 
in Britain. Oh. It's a very rural area of Britain. Um, so maybe they were named after the firework. So they might have been named after the firework. Yep, they did. They, oh, they took their name from the firework known as the Catherine Wheel, which in turn had taken its name from the torture device of the same name. <laughs> now, which you, is also called a breaking wheel, the torture can device. Can us name a Catherine Wheel song? What was their hit? Oh, man. Was it I called Down? Know. Does it show? Is there a song called Down? Their singles... If I heard it, I probably would recognize it. But. Singles include... Um, I don't think I could name a song. Uh, She's My Friend, Painful Thing, Black Metallic, Crank... None of these. Balloon, I Want to Touch You, 30th Century Man, Show Me Mary, Judy Staring at the Sun, Way Down. Oh, Way Down. Way Down. Way down. The one way down. I think so. Um, delicious. Oh, no, no, none of these ones charted. Oh, Sparks Are Gonna Fly, that charted in America, but like at 97. Mm, Sorry, Firework appropriate. Uh, sure there you go. Those are those anyway. bands. Anyway, to okay, continue, so what, backward, backward continue what Daniel was saying, the big push right now is minimizing the harm that the chemicals do to the land and water they're exploded over. Even though the fireworks displays aren't that common, they still blast burning powdered metals like strontium and barium across the landscape, as well as chemicals like potassium perchlorate, uh, perchlorate that are regulated by the EPA as a health hazard. So there's a lot of in- interest in finding substitutes for the more toxic ingredients, as well as developing launch casings that will burn up completely so there's less flaming toxic cardboard <laughs> left scattered everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's Generally reasonable. good, yeah. Uh, one res- weird result of this new chemistry... Red fireworks have always been easy to figure out since red is so low on the energy spectrum. Pretty much anything burning will put off a red glow. Real vivid blue fireworks have only been made relatively recently with copper compounds that annoyingly lose their color if they burn too hot. And he he describes this as imagining trying to not overcook an omelette with dynamite. <laughs> not sure that analogy works perfectly, but I appreciate... I get it. I appreciate I, I, I get it. Where are you going with that one? Among the new, more eco-friendly formulas are brilliant blues and greens that might even be better than the original, but attempts to make simple, easy red without using toxic strontium have fizzled. So I guess fireworks are going to get bluer and greener than they used to be. Now, are they going to improve the smiley face ones that explode in a smiley face, but they always look kind of messed up? (laughs) They always look burn victim smiley face. They're like weirdly... Off. Well, yeah, sure. the eye, one eye is always kind of outside of the face. Or is or it something. just that you're always at the wrong angle, so you're getting an ellipsis, and someone else is getting a perfect. Well, maybe. Yeah, I never face. thought about that. I just always assumed that they were like, it was just too hard to control. Someone on a hill way the fuck over there is like, everyone's wow, smiling at me perfect in the sky. face. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone else is like, what the fuck is wrong yeah. with that guy? It's like, there's only one position, or two, I guess two places where it could look just right. It's sort of like, have you guys seen Spider-Man Homecoming yet? I have not. No. There's a plane with cloaking on it, and the cloaking is just like, the plane's covered in LEDs, and it's showing what's on the other side of the plane, but that only works if you happen to be, <laughs> you get how that's completely illogical, right? Like uh-huh. it, can't, it can't please every angle. Like, if one side was just buildings, then if you're underneath it, it looks like it's half buildings, but it's up against the sky. Like, yeah. it just makes no sense. I'm like, did no one think about how this is... Well, hang on. No, wait a second. Are you telling me something in one, no, in one just of these like, movies? They, they thought plausible. it was so cool. I'm like, this would fall apart by, by any... Like, you could only make this uh, transparent to to two people's vantage point at any given time, both having to be at opposite sides mm-hmm. of the plane. Well, no, hang on a second. Okay, you have to be at the exact right angle to it. Given but, that given that every pixel can only be one color and they aren't like somehow determined by the angle at which you're looking at each pixel. Yeah, okay. So okay, given that Yeah, if you take one step to the right, then you then it would be off kilter. You'd be like, why is that building right. got a plane shaped wonky bit? Right. It's <laughs> it would make no sense. Yeah. You couldn't um, just make it worse like than, blue, like sky blue. Yeah, why don't we just make the underside of it blue 
and then it won't be viewable from the ground and, as well. And sort of camouflage colors that it was just break so much, up the shape. Yeah. So much work. Problem this solved. Effect that is obviously useless, but. Um, anyway. Do you know what else is useless? I think we'll go with other uh, Gwyneth Paltrow? Yeah. Oh, I love this story. I love this story. I think oh, we should boy. do this. All right. We had so many stories sent in, particularly because we did a, a non-topical episode last week. So apologies to all the people who send in great stories that we haven't got to. But this is our but, first TMZ article. Yeah. Jason, oh, nice. Jason Adams, listener, sent in this one. And Gwyneth Paltrow is accused by NASA of selling fraudulent wellness stickers. <laughs> Stickers, yeah, it's great. I like I, I like any time that TMZ has to write about NASA. Yep. Yeah, yeah, so not at a frequent overlap. Gwyneth Paltrow is being called out by NASA for scamming her Goop customers with quote wellness stickers. If you go to the Goop's website, the Goop website, you'll find a pitch for a, a crystalline carbonized radio frequency material made from spacesuits. I'll take. 12. Right? Yeah. Gwyneth claims the stickers will, quote, fill in the deficiencies in your reserves, creating a calming effect, smoothing out both physical tension and anxiety. God damn And there's a picture of a woman wearing these stickers from Goop, and it's like, the stickers, one of them's heart-shaped, the others are circular, and they have pictures of them of, like, a bird and a flexing bicep. Oh, they're like hipster tattoo kind of things. They look like, but they look like stickers that you would give that your eight-year-old would get. Yeah, they're like temporary tattoos or, yeah. So where does the NASA come in? So so they claimed that the they are made from this crystalline carbonized radio frequency material that is made from spacesuits. Oh right, and you then, said that spacesuits. Okay. Yeah. So the NASA former NASA honcho Mark uh, Shellhammer says, not only is the whole premise like snake oil, the logic doesn't even um, hold up. If they if they promote healing, why do they leave marks on the skin when they are removed? And also, uh. It says the materials are made from NASA spacesuits, and then NASA is like, no, completely not true, and we don't use those materials in our suits. Right. Oh, shit. I want to see the like the guy who's going up in space. He's doing a spacewalk, and then there's like a little heart-shaped thing mm-hmm. cut out of his spacesuit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. It's like, That's it's not like good. Oh, shit. no. <laughs> the goop people are being in Gwyneth Paltrow snuck in to <laughs> the locker room. Goopy into our spacesuit <laughs> locker room. God damn it. Uh-oh. Guess how much a set of 24 of these stickers go for. Wait, I'm going to guess. 24 stickers? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it more than $100? Yes. Just. But just. Oh. 120. <laughs> it's okay. Not, yeah, it's not that bad. I mean, it could be worse. <laughs> not that bad for 24 fake spacesuit stickers $5 a sticker yeah you know, if you really if, if you if you believed and I, you know for the placebo effect maybe it's worth the five bucks I don't know according to the slightly more detailed CNN story they're sold by a group called Body Vibes and they're made with the same conductive carbon material that NASA uses to line spacesuits mm-hmm. so they can monitor an astronaut's vitals during wear God. and then and how, is this, like, how is this supposedly beneficial to <laughs> a terrestrial user <laughs> it's just, well again that's like a but it's not monitoring. It's not monitoring our vital signs. It's just a it's sticker. Just it's not connected yeah. to anything. <laughs> so even if they do, and then NASA's also just, uh, no, we're not. We don't even use carbon material to line our suits, and our current suits have no carbon fibers in them at all. Is it doesn't? I I I really only know of Goop as like a punchline. But isn't it like every month 
there's like another bullshit yeah. product that they get busted on having. Like this I doesn't think really. So. Do. It's I all think she holistic advocated, garbage. I think she advocated some dangerous like gynecological. Remedies. Oh, that, that's really the something steaming. you want to mess around with. Something she was like there was a vaginal oh, steaming trend for a little bit. Uh, yes, that sounds was, uh, familiar. Well, I also read an article about how Goop and. Um, Alex Jones are selling the same products with different names. Oh my god. That's amazing. Because Alex Perfect. Jones also has his line in of like, fucking men, conspiracy, yeah, yeah. be the best man you can be, strength, toughness. Um, and it's all the same shit, but they've just rebranded it. And it was just like virility pills and that kind of... It's like the far like right and far th- left come around and touch finally. <laughs> <at> the- <laughs> like those, ra- those yeah. pills with, like in the bodega that are like up by oh, the right. cash like register. The snake, that, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. what are those things? Oh, yeah. Men, the men's vitality Tiger pills or whatever. Yeah, right. pills or, yeah. <laughs> here, here we go. Infowars and Goop sell the same wellness That's stuff. awesome. Oh, Jesus. Um and here we go. It's low. Oh, By the way, there's, shirtless Alex there's Jones. yeah. Well, there's also one of my favorite things that Alex Jones did recently, which was to tweet a before and after picture of his new work yes. regimen. <laughs> where he just and he looks it, identical. He looks identical, but just a bit redder. Yeah, he's tinted a little. Bit looks, if you look at just if you while I look read this story, if you just look up Alex Jones before and after. This is I recommend everyone listening at home do this as well. Yeah, we'll post the picture as well in the show notes, but it's. <laughs> It's a true treat because it is hilarious. But he's just redder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So he, he is in like I'll say better shape than I expected Alex Jones to be in. He's still in like fat, strong guy shape, but uh, he's like stocky. He's, very, he's like a barrel, barrel yeah, barrel yeah, chest. And I think he was a, a bodybuilder in his youth. Oh yeah, he has. Okay. He looks like he might have been. He definitely has He's that in him. He's just holding his breath in the second picture. <laughs> yes, in the second picture. It's his just... double chin grew 45 days later. <laughs> it's it's deeply funny to see a crazy person before and after. Also, just like shirtless and jeans is such a bad look for anybody. Like <laughs> Vladimir Putin on that horse. Just It's a horrible... Ugh. Yeah, unless you're sort of in a Levi's ad in the 90s and yeah. you're, if you're, not you're a Mike. male model in the... Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, so all the wellness products, Quartz was the publication that did the research originally. That's great. I love that. They're, they're sold on both Infowars and Goop. Nikhil Sonad is the journalist. Uh, so... This, I can't stop looking at this with Alex Jones. It's <laughs> getting redder. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? It's the, I, well, I looked at that picture for a long time, and it's the gift that keeps on giving. So Moon Juice, for example, Wellness Moon du- Juice... Which, That's like um, a commercial brand, isn't it? Or is it not the so. same thing? Uh, so I it, feel like there's a store in Silver Lake that... Yeah, I think it might Moon be. Um, it's sold by Goop and also sells things like activated cashews. Activated, activated cashews. cashews! Oh my god! Um, so Fully realized almonds. I don't like, want them active. I would just want them inactive yeah. can so I, get I can some, eat them. Can I get some radicalized peanuts in this... <laughs> So Moon Juice and Goop are sort of linked together in this article as like the sort of woo side of things. And then Infowars is the same, but like the sort of exactly the same, but like diff- bullshit coming from a different side. Right, That's great. Right. So, for example, there's something that Infowars sells that's called Super Male Vitality, but Moon Juice sells the same thing and it's called Sex Dust. <laughs> and it's the same thing. That's amazing. It's exactly the same thing. It's made from the ground up fins of Vaquita dolphins. Oh, they both sell this. That's th- why they need the yeah. Navy trained dolphins. 
It's really just to make more sex dust. <laughs> the, We're having a shortage of sex dust. The Navy secret they don't want you. Brain on. force. Goop, yeah. So Matt is looking at a picture of something called brain force. Info, brain Info force. Wars sells something called brain force as, as some supplement, and the Goop version is called, Why am I so effing tired? Mm. Shut up. <laughs> um... I don't know why I want to. Mood like... juice, Changa mushrooms, Changa. Infowars calls it caveman true paleo formula. Jesus. Colloidal si- silver from Goop is Infowars' silver bullet. Uh, isn't colloidal silver the stuff that turned that guy into a human smurf? I think it might be. Oh, is that the blue yeah. people? Yeah, the blue people. Has someone else done it? Was no, there's saying? like a tribe of people... Really? I'm just talking off the top of my head, okay. but I've heard the story. It's like some, I don't even know where in the world, maybe Canada, like a friend of a friend. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, you don't know them. Yeah. Uh, no, but there, there's something about the diet or the, where this, these, this tribe of people live and they, their skin, it has a blue tint and oh, I, and maybe it's because like of like a, has something. Yeah. So maybe it's, and it might be the colloidal silver. I think yeah, this, so, guy, this guy was taking it for some and turn, health benefit and turn himself blue. blue Amazing. So, so, um, uh, sun potion is also called Wake Up America. Oh, that's great! That's perfect. <laughs> I want all these things. Power dust. Power. Oh, that's the moon juice one. I yeah. thought that was going to be the Alex Jones one. No, moon juice is power dust, and Infowars is relax and de-stress herbal extract. That's no, actually the wrong way around. Those are yeah, definitely those <laughs> definitely be reversed. Yeah, you're 100 percent right on that. And then eye bright herb is cool. <laughs> Occupower. Occupower? Yeah. O C C U. As in As in Oculus, I like guess as an I. Oh, okay. Not like power. Not like something you'd take to go occupy Wall Street. Occupower now. Nascent iodine. <laughs> Nascent iodine. Uh, and InfoWars sells it as survival shield. Yes. I want it. Spirit dust is wake up America. Oh wait, wait, go back. <laughs> To that one. Wake Up America Immune Support Blend 100% Organic Coffee. Coffee. Yes, please. Uh, Selenium. Oh, good Christ. I actually prefer the... These are like metal, like heavy metals people are ingesting. What are these things? InfoWars BioTrue Selenium. And it's um, supposedly helps the thyroid and the immune system. And uh, Goop calls it balls in the air. Fucking hell. (laughs) What we're saying is, Infowars and Goop send us samples, and we will do a blind test. Brain dust is Z-Shield. Dream dust is Child Ease. Infowars calls it Child Ease. I would have thought Child Ease would be the Goop one, not the Infowars one. Yeah, Yeah, there's a lot of weird ones. They need to work on their branding, their naming. We'll give you the name of the product. You tell us whether it's sold by Alex Jones or... (laughs) I like that. It's a fun game. Unfortunately, we've just done the entire list. Otherwise, I would have done... Oh, shit. Well, they have to well, develop can, some more products. This is good water cooler talk. After you listen to the podcast, you can go quiz your coworkers <laughs> about uh, yeah, colloidal silver. Yep, you li- you get a free quiz out of this episode. Mm-hmm. That you can pass along and uh, some magical stickers that made are made from space <laughs> suits. made from space suits <laughs> that have murdered astronauts. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> I I think it's bad that they actually kill the astronauts. I don't think they should do that. Yeah, it's not. I mean, you go put in all those years training to be an astronaut, and then they're like, all right. Today is the day we're going to launch you into space. And then they put you in like a fake shuttle. <laughs> it's really deceitful. We need to be 
shot at by Gwyneth and her friends. Yeah, and then they just run in and chop up your spacesuit. Yeah. And then you're like there, like just sitting there naked. And they don't even like, here's the thing, like the Native American actresses use all of the astronauts. Yeah, not just the spacesuit. <laughs> just the suit. Yeah. I it's really any, any part of an astronaut should be should be lucky if that astronaut has survived a, a space trip. Well, that's the, well that this is the problem. They're yeah. perceived to be lucky, which has led to their it's yeah the demise the, in the wild. The Chinese yeah. black market for for American astronaut body parts. That is, was the problem with the item. That was not lucky. Yeah, they were like, "You're was, advertising this as lucky, lucky, but these astronauts you didn't are not lucky." Do it with luck. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, they're deeply unlucky. Yeah. Um, hey. Uh, Jason, where can yes. our listeners find out more about you and your work? Oh, uh, mostly by watching the Jim Jefferies <laughs> show on Comedy Central Tuesdays at 10.30 p.m. That's true. Uh, every word has been filtered through Jason. Mm-hmm. Check it out. Yeah. yeah also, uh, Twitter, Jason, oh, at yes. Jason Reich. Jason M. Reich. Jason you M. You can Reich. find me on Twitter. And then, um, oh, also, like, does your wife's department, the communication department, have links that are... You know, I, that's an excellent question. I probably should have asked her before. Uh, but I, if you put, can post stuff online, if they have sort of a public-facing site, I'd be happy to send it to you. Yeah, yeah. that'd be great. We'll add it to the show notes. Yeah. So uh, I'm think I'm sure they have some some kind of public outreach uh, um, portal that they can get information. Sweet. And from. what's the department anyway? It's the university. Uh, it's uh, she is the uh, associate director of the Center for Climate Change Solutions at UCLA. Cool. I'll check that out. And uh, you can check us out at Probably Science, probablyscience.com, mm-hmm. individually at Andy T. Wood and at Matt Kirshen. Give us a follow and give Jason a follow if you're not already doing that. Um, also, subscribe if you're not already subscribing. That helps get our numbers up and write nice things about us on iTunes. Uh, spread the word, tweet, Facebook, all those kind of things are really good for us. And writing reviews and giving us nice ratings helps bump us up in the iTunes charts so that stuff is all good uh, check out the Jim Jeffrey show because some of the words in that are mine as well yes and it's very funny it's uh <laughs> we haven't gotten renewed yet so <laughs> yeah. please check us out ratings. spread the word it's yeah. it's going nicely and we I, I like having this job so fun one. do that um, Jason thank you so much for joining thank us thank you so for having me it's always nice to hear my nasal voice <laughs> echoing back at me through large headphones but uh, this was great thanks guys Thank you. See you next week, everyone. See you next week. Bye. Bye.